I will never forget holding my son Ben in my arms. His skin had turned gray and cold and clammy, and it sounded like they were yelling through a megaphone, but I remember hearing, it sounded like it was a mile away, someone call an ambulance. And then a few seconds later, somebody said, back up, back up, give him room, because a crowd was starting to form around me holding my son. And I just sat there with him in my arms, and my other two sons were watching, kind of in shock. And I thought that Ben had died. I'll tell you the full story of the scariest day of my life today on the show. Want to know what it really takes to build a thriving, profitable business from the ground up? Hey, I'm your host, Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business Podcast. Your unfiltered front row seat to watching me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 115 of the Cody Builds a Business podcast, and I want to talk about scarcity and urgency. Now, these two words have long been used in marketing to persuade people to get off the fence and to take action. Now, if there's really no scarcity and there is no urgency, people tend to not do anything, and it's easy to become indecisive because you think, oh, I'll get that deal later, or there's no reason to buy today, or I'll wait for a week, or whatever, and they just really don't do anything. We bought a trash can at a, at Costco. This is like... You live in the dream here when you're bragging about this amazing trash can you bought. That's how that's how much uh, that's how much that's what being 38 looks like with three kids. We found this awesome trash can at Costco. It was a great deal. It was on sale. I'd kind of been eyeing some trash cans, you know, checking them out when we were going to Costco, and this one happened to be on sale. And it was motion activated, and it was big. So it was like an upgrade over our existing trash can situation in our house. Now, we have three kids and a Greyhound, and so we tend to go through lots of trash. So a bigger trash can that was motion activated, you know, like you just wave your hand over it, the lid opens, and you dump the eggshells or the junk into the trash was great. We grabbed one, it was like 30 bucks. It used to be 50 on sale for 30. We grabbed one, kind of an impulse buy, got home, opened it, put the batteries in, and we're like, whoa, this is cool. Like, we need to get one for the rest of the house. Like, get one for the kids' room, get one for my office. It's just a, it's a great solution. Went back, I think, I don't know, three days later, and they were literally gone. Now, that's kind of how Costco, and I don't know how Sam's Club rolls, but Costco kind of does that. They buy enough of a thing, and then when the thing's gone, they may never bring it back. Maybe you've experienced that before. It can be kind of frustrating. So now when I see something at Costco that I like or I want, I don't wait. It may not be there when I come back next week or in a couple days. We just kind of scoop it up right then. And that is the effect and the power of that scarcity saying, well, there's maybe only one pallet of this thing that I think that I want. So I'm going to go ahead and pick it up. Even if I, even if I might return it later, I'm going to go ahead and grab it at least. And what I've found also more often than not is we don't have the time to go take it back and stand in line and return things. So we just intend to kind of keep stuff. So anyways, scarcity and urgency are a great, uh, great tools to use in your business. So I've got some examples for you that you can use uh, in your business. And then I'm going to also show you what to do when you can't accurately uh, apply scarcity and urgency. I don't want you to lie or be dishonest at all. So I'm going to give you a really easy tip that you can use to get people to take action. So scarcity is limited by the quantity, right? So if you only print it, a friend of mine, he prints workbooks and training manuals for personal trainers. And every time he does a launch, it takes weeks and weeks and weeks to get these beautiful notebooks printed. And every time he sells out and he, so he kind of knows his inventory that he's going to sell every time he opens up the registration for this program, but he, you can't do print on demand. It takes weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to print. And when he runs his marketing campaigns, he really leverages that saying, I only printed, you know, whatever, a thousand of these when they're gone, they're gone. It'll take me like two months to get another one. And there's nothing I can do about that. Like I didn't want to order 5,000 and only sell 500. So, you know, on average they sell, I have no idea, but let's just say they always sell. I'm just going to say a hundred nice round number they just print 100 and when they sell the 100 they're gone 
They're gone, they're gone. I printed off a bunch of my books for the one hour funnel. I'm gonna start selling the actual physical books on my website. I'll tell you more about that later. And um, I only have, a, I don't know, 72. Like I, I literally don't have that many of them. And for me to get author copies so I can provide them to people when I ship them out, it takes a couple weeks. Like it's not a fast process for me to get books from Amazon. So when I start to sell my physical books out of my basement, I'm going to, that's like actual scarcity. I don't have thousands and thousands of these. It'll take me some time to get more printed. So if this sales page is up, it must mean I still have copies of the books and you can go ahead and buy one, right? Like that's actual scarcity. Or maybe you have seats at an event. Uh, if you you know rented a party bus to go to a Denver Broncos game, there's only so many seats on that bus and there's some scarcity. So if you're in, I need to know. There's a buddy I met that uh, he does a business like entrepreneur trip in Fiji and it's called Unplugged Fiji. No affiliation with the show, but you should check it out if you wanna go to Fiji. And it's that they fly around on a private jet in Fiji. And I think there's like 250 seats on the plane. Like that's the scarcity. He can't sell 2,000 tickets. You have to sign up. And like Mastermind Talks I've talked about before on the show, they they bring in 150 people, and that's based on Dunbar's number, which is that you can only have 150 actual connections. But it's not 151, not 152. It's a limited thing. And so then when you're faced with that buyer decision, it's like when something's about to sell out or you're booking a hotel room on Priceline or Hotels.com, it's like there's one room left at this price. You're on an airplane. There's one seat left at this price. I don't know about you, but I kind of freak out and tend to just buy it. I'm like, oh, I've got to get it. Like, I don't want to miss out on this. You know, whatever, I'm not a psychologist or a neurologist, but whatever's happening in my brain is, is compelling me to act. And it's the power of scarcity, the, the fear of missing out on something. So we can leverage that in your marketing. And if you're not, think of how you can, because it's a very powerful thing. If you just put a thing up there and people can buy it whenever they want and there's no deadline and the price is never going to change, then people tend to not take action, right? So that's a bit on scarcity. Now, the other is on uh, urgency. So uh, similar to the, the printer, my friend that prints the, he, he also, another guy prints uh, physical newsletters that go out every month in the mail. And when he's running his ads and his marketing campaigns, he's like, I'm got to go drop this off at the printer tonight. And I need to know if you're in or not. And he's not lying. Like he literally takes the file or sends the file to the printer to print off however many copies and do the mail merge and to get you in the queue for this monthly newsletter. So you don't want to miss out. And I'm not going to print any more of these, by the way. There's no back issue of these monthly newsletters. So if you miss out on this month, it's gone forever. And that's it. You There, there literally is no way to get back issues. Now, you might think, well, that kind of stinks. Wouldn't he make more money if he sold back issues of the magazine? Maybe, but I think what it better does is train people to take action whenever he says to do something, then you need to do it. You need to jump on it and not be like, well, I bet I can buy that later. It's not, can't be that big of a deal. Like, no, it's that big of a deal. It's going to the printer. You missed out. Like that, that's some urgency there. So depending on what you sell, whatever your product or service or idea is, if you're a brick and mortar business, if you like my parents had to hire a landscaper, he can only do so many landscaping jobs in the summer. I don't know how much scarcity and urgency he applied to my parents when they were getting bids, but you know, you got to let him know. Like you, you can't just wait forever and then call him the day of like, Hey, can you come by today and do a two week landscaping job, you know, for, for my entire front and backyard? No, you need to get it booked out. There's some scarcity there with me. I only work with five clients at, at a time. So I just sent an email out to a hand, not even an email. I sent a private notification to a few people saying, hey, I know you've been waiting for a while to see if a spot will open up on my roster. And I think in the next week, I'm going to have a spot available for you, but there's only one. I mean, I've only got this one spot and you've been waiting for a few months now. That's, that's real scarcity and real urgency because if they don't let me know within a window of time, I'm going to move on to the next person. You missed out and you're back on the waiting list. 
So there's lots of things we can do, that, and that's in a service business. But if you have a, uh, a digital course or something where it truly is limitless, like I, ha I give away downloads of my book at onehourfunnel.com slash book, it's a free download. You could just get it, right? I don't have um, 100 free downloads to give away. I have literally an infinite number until I decide to, uh, to take those down. So if that's the case with your course, you can have urgent, you know, if you have a, a kind of an evergreen product, a course, a coaching program or something like that, there's scarcity and urgency on your time. I was on a sales call this week and the guys said, what are you up to? And I said, I've got this coaching program. I hold your hand for 10 weeks. And, um, and for now though, like there's a little bit more one-on-one -on -one time because the coaching program's not full. Now, when it gets full, you'll be stuck with the group coaching, which is great. And you'll get a great result. But until then, the sooner you sign up, the more one-on-one -on -one time you get from me until the class gets full. And that's the scarcity and urgency that I applied to that guy to make a quicker buying decision, which is the time of this recording, he's still considering it. So, and I think he's a listener of the show. So if you are, hello, <laughs> you just became a case study on the, on the podcast. So that's a bit about that. And so next segment, let's talk about how to apply that when you, you have, you, you have infinite inventory. One night when I was still at my nine to five job and my wife worked at our church, she was at church in the evening preparing for an event they were putting on. She worked in children's ministry. So I had the kids alone and we went to Sam's Club talking about uh, warehouse shopping a lot on this episode. Went to Sam's Club and as we tend to do with three kids, they would have been something like, uh, my youngest was probably four or five. His name is Ben. My middle kid was a couple years older than that and Jacob's older than that. So whatever, 10, seven and five or something like that, right? I don't, I'm not exactly sure their age at the time, but just for some context, uh, dad alone with kids at Sam's and we got some treats. I don't remember what we got, usually pretzels or something like that for the kids to snack on while I shop around. And I remember I got Ben, my youngest, a churro. And so, you know, high, high glycemic, uh, sugary churro thing. Uh, and we were back in the refrigerated food section. Actually, I took a photo. I'm trying to find the photo because it would add some context. I could put it in the notes, but I don't, I don't know if I can find it or not. I took a photo of Ben just making a really cheesy smile. He's covered in cinnamon and sugar. And we turned the corner and turned another corner. Now we're still in the frozen food section at the very back. You know, if you've been to a Sam's Club or a Costco, like at the very back, there's refrigerated food section. And Ben was in the cart. I was pushing him in the cart. I think Luke was in the cart as well, but I remember Ben was in the cart. He had his churro and he kind of put it down and said, I'm done with this. I said, no problem. I'm not gonna force you to eat this, you know, two foot long churro at Sam's. And he started to kind of whine and he said that he was really tired and he wanted to lay down. Now I thought he was gonna barf because he had just had, <laughs> he just had an enormous churro. And I remember I picked him up out of the cart and I was holding him and he started to really, really whine. Like something was up, right? He is not, this is not like him. He was not, he never had behaved this way before. And I just thought he was going to barf. And I was thinking like, oh man, don't throw up at Sam's. I'll have to get it cleaned up. I'll have to call the, the custodial team or whatever, the maintenance team to get it all mopped up. It's going to be really gross. It'll be embarrassing. I just don't want that to happen. It's never happened to me before. I don't think, but I didn't want it to happen. And that's all I thought. He's just kind of whining. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I think, so I kind of like put my arms under his armpits and let him stand on the floor. And then he said he was just wanted to lay down. I was like, why do you need to lay down? This is so crazy. And then in an instant, he goes totally limp in my arms. Just, just, totally limp. And I freaked out, like the world slowed down, right? I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that where the fear or adrenaline or whatever, I think it was more fear. I mean, I was like, I guess I was in shock. Like, it's like, what happened to my son? Like, and instantly his skin got really clammy and cold. Like it felt like cold lettuce. 
I literally, I thought that he was dead. I remember thinking like, he just died. Like he died in my arms at Sam's. And I scooped him up and I cradled him. I don't remember what his brothers were doing. I don't have a lot of memories of this night. Uh, they were just watching probably in shock. His dad was like, oh my gosh. I found a woman and I, I, I started to kind of cry and I was like really kind of hyperventilating. And I asked her to help. I was like, can you help, can you help? I, and then she somehow called a maintenance. So I remember a maintenance or a, a person that worked at Sam's came there with me, a, a man. And this woman, somebody grabbed a dog bed and they laid this huge dog bed on the ground. And I just kind of put uh, him there. Somebody said, see if he's breathing. And I remember that just echoed in my ears. Like, what do you mean? See if he's breathing. Somebody else yelled, call an ambulance. And it was just this such, such a surreal out of body experience to be holding what my son, who I just, in, in, in shock and disbelief, I just thought he was dead. Somebody said, call an ambulance. Somebody said, it was like we were in a movie. Remember somebody said, give him room. Cause by now a crowd had formed, right? And they're like, are they watching this kid die? I could tell he had a pulse and I didn't know what to do. So I stuck my finger under his nose to see if I could feel any breath. And he was slowly breathing. And so, I don't really know how to check a pulse. This is a good reminder to take CPR classes or whatever to be able to do just very basic trauma stuff. And somebody did check his pulse and they saw he had a pulse. Somebody called an ambulance. Somebody said, give them room. Somebody asked if somebody was a doctor. It really was like in a movie, right? Like it's exact, if you were to script this in a movie, like let's have you yell, call an ambulance. Let's have you yell, is anybody here a doctor? Let's have you yell, give them room. And then I was just like, it was echoing in my head as I'm holding my son uh, there in, in that moment. Ambulance comes, EMT comes, they run a bunch of tests. And if you're sitting on the edge of your seat, uh, ben ended up being okay. If you're a long-time listener of the show, you know I now have a seven-year-old son named Ben, and it's the same Ben. He made it through that churro incident at the at Sam's Club. But I remember the EMT took his pulse and took some vitals and took his blood pressure and did a couple of tests. And he said, has this happened before? I said, it's never happened before. I have no idea what's going on. He said, yeah, I would I would go to the hospital. And you said it kind of casual, kind of matter of fact. And I, I said, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take him tomorrow. You know, my wife said her job and I might take him tomorrow. And he looked at me and kind of pulled me close and said, I would take him right now because we don't know what's going on. So that I straightened up real quick and I left all my groceries at Sam's. And of course, Sam's is like, hey, well, you know, put everything back or whatever. I, mean, I don't remember that weird detail. Like, what do I do with all these groceries? They're like, dude, take your son to the hospital. So I got in the car and the kids are with me and Ben, he was acting lethargic once he came to. So I skipped that part there, but he was kind of out for a few minutes and then he slowly came to and he was super disoriented. He was super clammy. He started to get really sweaty. Uh, and so I was kind of hugging him and holding him and giving him room and the EMT took everything and he was really disoriented um, and took him to in the car and go to the hospital. So I dialed my wife on the phone and I started to talk and I couldn't get the words out. Like I was so shook by the whole ordeal. I remember I handed the phone back to the third row of our minivan and it's like, Jacob, tell mom we're going to the hospital and if she, so she can meet us there. So Jacob's like, what's going on? So he somehow phrased like, uh, dad said to come to the hospital because Ben passed out or had an incident or you know something at, at Sam's. So Christy's like, what? So she flies to the hospital. Long hours and hours and hours of the emergency room and a bunch of tests and a bunch of stuff. 
that basically, long long story short, uh, still to this day, don't know what happened. And in hindsight, he just kind of passed out. Like, I don't know if it was the blood sugar stuff and his brain was like, this is too much. Let's just go to sleep for a minute. I don't know what happened. And they said, hey, if it happens again, let us know. It hasn't happened since. And who knows what it was. And we, later we found out the term. Some of you are listening. You're like, oh, Cody, you dummy. That's called blah, blah, blah. Like I, I've heard of it since then. It's just kind of involuntarily passing out. And it can happen, especially with kids. And uh, we got all the tests done, all the blood work done. His pediatrician looked at it and all that stuff. Here's the entire point of that entire story. At no point in any of that process did I stop and wonder if that was the last ambulance that could come that night. Like nobody said, we better call an ambulance. And I said, put them on the phone. And they said, hey, buddy, it sounds like an ambulance. We've only got one left, right? Scarcity. When, you know, do you want it or not? Because if you don't take it right now in this moment, we're going to some other emergency and you're on your own, right? Like that didn't happen. And the timing, the urgency, they weren't like, do you want us to come tomorrow? And they're like, no, come right now, come immediately. Go to the hospital, when, right now or later? You need to go right now. Your son just passed out in Sam's after eating a churro. We don't know what's going on. Get it handled right away. I also didn't say, hey, can you call other ambulances uh, in town? Like call other 911s and I'm going to make sure I get the best one and I'll just see how it goes. Maybe we'll call an ambulance tomorrow and I'm sure it'll be okay while he's limp and green and gray, like laying in the floor of a Sam's Club on a dog bed. Let's just wait a little bit and see how this whole thing shakes out. No, I instantly took whatever action I could take to get that problem fixed. And that's my point of this. When you can't apply true scarcity, because maybe you have an infinite number of things, you have an infinite number of coaching slots or group coaching slots or an infinite number of, of eBooks to give away or to, to, down, you know, to download or an infinite number of books they can buy on Amazon and there is no urgency, there is no scarcity. You can't say I'm running out last minute Here's what you do, <laughs> or here's what you need to be mindful of. The issue isn't that it's too expensive or that, you know, the, the, that's not it, it at all. A lot of times when people think, well, they didn't buy my thing. It must have been the price. Maybe, right? But I didn't shop around for the cheapest ambulance. I called 911. I got the problem fixed. Like if somebody's like fell through the ice and they're drowning in a lake, and you come by and you can help them, you've got a rope, they don't like wait for somebody else to come by with a rope. They don't check the price on what your rope cost or see what kind of rope it is. They don't need the details of the rope. Well, what's it made of? How long is it? Have you used the rope before? Have you done this? It, it's irrelevant. In that metaphor, they're literally drowning and they need somebody to pull them out of the lake. With the deal with my son, Ben, I literally thought he was dead or dying. And I didn't, you, you behave differently. Now, people deciding to buy, I have these stack of books on my desk. I keep glancing at them. So people to buy my books or to buy this planner that I bought recently or to, to buy a coaching program or something like that, they're, they're, though they're not passed out on the floor in Sam's, their pain is, is, is what's holding them back. Like it's not painful enough is the point. They haven't been able to face and own up to the fact that they're in a bunch of pain and discomfort and you can help them. So it's not the price. It's not the price. It's not what you charge for your thing. It's that their pain isn't intense enough. And I'm not saying you need to manufacture the pain in a way, but we need to create solutions for people that have some kind of transformation that they need. And I talk about that a lot in the one hour funnel book is that marketing, anything is 
some sad but transforming people from from sad before state to a happy after state and that process is called marketing so when you bought a again a, a book or i'm glancing around at my desk a water bottle a microphone a laptop a bigger screen a, a magic mouse a apple keyboard there was some transformation that happened you became more happy more productive more fruitful more whatever right made more money more freedom whatever that was there's some reason that you bought your thing and so if you're selling stuff and trying to solve people's problems, maybe you're not solving a very interesting problem. Like my kids are still trying the same, the same Benjamin. He's trying to earn money. And he's like, dad, I'll wash your car. And I've, I've told him like, hey guys, listen, I get the car wash for like six bucks. It takes a few minutes. It's near my house. That pain's not super intense for me. Like I'm not going to take you up on that deal. I'm going to keep going to the alternative. Come up with a more interesting problem where the pain is really intense. And I've told this before on the show, but like they'll pick up the the after the dog in the backyard. I pay very handsomely for that. That's very painful for me. I don't like doing that. And that pain is really intense and it pays really, really well. If you extrapolate the dollars per hour, they'd probably get paid 60 bucks an hour to pick up after the dog because it takes them about 10 minutes to pick up and I give them 10 bucks, dollar a minute to clean up after the dog. When you're seven years old, it's not a bad, not a bad gig. So it's about the pain and how intense that is. And so if you can acknowledge that, again, I'm not saying to manufacture pain or like make them feel like they're literally dying or that they have fallen through the ice, but I'm working with some different people in the health space. There are people out there that at least their program claims, this isn't my personal experience, but they can help reverse diabetes. Do you think that that is interesting to people who have diabetes that might want it to be reversed? Think about some program or a coaching program or a product or even a book that allows somebody to quit smoking. Like think how long they've dealt with that pain. And if you can solve that for them, think how much that's worth. There's a monetary discount, let's just say for smoking. There's a monetary price. You'll save a lot of money on cigarettes. You'll save a lot of money on insurance. And you'll also, you'll live longer. So if you want to spend time with those people that you love and all your family and friends and the goals you want to do and the travel and everything you want to do in your life, it'd be interesting if you could stop smoking. And I've got a way to help you do that via this book or course or program or whatever. Like what's that worth? $5,000 to help somebody stop smoking, 10000 Like if it saves them $200,000 over their lifetime and adds 20 years to their life, how do you put a price tag on that? And so keep that in mind. You know, the, I help people with their marketing. I keep people, help people with their advertising. And I ask them, and I'm being more mindful of this now, like how long have you had this problem where you're not getting a lot of leads in your business? How much longer are you comfortable living with this problem? And that's the urgency. I can let 10 or 20 or 30 people into this coaching program and you can wait a month if you want, but are you okay waiting another month with this problem that you just said that you had? You don't know how to get leads and sales in your business, or you're spending way too much money on Facebook, or spending way too much money on marketing, or you don't know what's going on. How's that affecting you? Well, it's really stressing me out. Okay, do you want to live another month with that stress, or do you want me to help you get that problem fixed? Well, I want to be able to go on vacation and not be worried about work or where the next client's coming from. Okay, do you are you cool doing that for another year? Like worrying about that? Does that make sense? That's the urgency. The urgency is their problem and their pain and the amount of time they've been sitting with that problem and not getting it fixed. And then they need us, whatever it is that you buy or whatever it is that you sell or provide to the marketplace. If it's a product or a service or an idea or a nonprofit or a, a book or a widget or a course or a, a speech or whatever it is, we're trying to help people, right? That's why we're doing this business this business uh, in the first place.
Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of the Cody Builds a Business podcast. If that last part resonated with you and you were like, man, he hit the nail on the head, I am stressed out. I don't know how to get a bunch of consistent leads and sales into my business. I need to, I need to grow. I need to grow my business. Um, I made a new training this week that I just launched about five days ago, and it's called More Than Word of Mouth, and the website is www.morethanwordofmouth.com, and it'll walk you through the way that myself and a lot of my private clients are predictably growing their business through what I call the referral plateau. Because we have an idea for a thing, we wanna change the world, we tell a few people, make a few sales, and then we kind of run out of people. Have you ever noticed that? So if that resonates with you, I've got a free training for you and it'll really help you. You just go to morethanwordofmouth.com and you can watch it, it's on demand. Uh, there's no fake scarcity, no fake urgency. It's gonna be there until I take it down. Like the, none of that, just go go watch it. I made it for you. And it's, uh, it's, it's whenever you wanna watch it, you can check it out and it'll help you get more leads and get more sales. Thanks again. And as always, leave a rating and a review or share this episode with somebody that may be going through some of the problems we talked about on the show. See you in the next episode.